0: The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleecker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at AllAndyElford. And Facebook.com. Slash all Andy Alford. It is cold here. In Northwest Ohio. Coming off of that foot of snow. That we got. You know. It makes me think. To take a trip. Let's take a trip. Shall we? Let's head west. Because after all. The Bengals. Are going to be playing the Rams. On Sunday. And everybody. And everybody. It's California Dreamin' for Vince Lombardi. Super Bowl 56 right here on All yeah. Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm really going oh. to a shut out. Domino. Go. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Fair down. Chicago Bears choo-choo it's time for all Andy Alfred and with that I say I love you guys and welcome into another edition of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me that is with the anchor network as you are listening to us today on the plethora of platforms with the anchor network whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and whenever you're however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show today to give you what's happening in the sporting world as well as what is happening in my everyday life. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Alfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcome into the show on this, the 10th day of February 2022, as we are coming to you from the Man Cave Studios here in Toledo, Ohio. We did not make the trek to L.A. this year because of COVID, because of logistics. Fortunately, we did not make it to L.A. this year, but we are here in the studios for you today. To give you a preview of Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll preview that matchup here in just a little bit. A lot to get into the program tonight. Also, we will dive into the latest Jackets report. The Jackets coming off of a huge win against the Capitals. We'll dive into that here in just a few minutes. Also, we'll talk about, let's lead a walleye, the walleye in action, coming off of a Big weekend, of course. Big week, four games in five days for the Fish. We'll talk about their schedule going forward as well, and we will also dive into the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. Of course, the Team USA's hockey team was on the action ice this this morning here in the East Coast. Over in over in China, it was late, of course. We'll dive into that as well as Canada's team as well. And so much more to get into today on this edition of All You e. D Elford. Now we were planning on possibly going out to LA for this Super Bowl. However, because of time, because of time and travel, as well as expen a little bit more of expenses wise, we did not make the trek out there for this Super Bowl 56. So we are here at base camp at home, feeling the California vibes. It's a little warm outside today, so. Hopefully we can get that little bit of that California heat to warm up and melt some of the snow right here in northwest Ohio. So good to have you guys on this program today. We've got a lot to get into tonight, of course. And first and foremost, before we begin, let's dive into it. Let's hit the ice. Let's talk a little Jackets hockey. The Jackets coming off of a big win against Washington. Here is the latest Jackets report. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Elfred. And it is time for the latest Jackets Report, right here on the 10th of February, twenty. 20- 22. That's the jackets coming off of a huge win on Tuesday night. Me, the wife, uh, my sister, her husband, my mom, and a bunch of our friends. got to make mention of Phil Bennett, Wes Carr, and Logan Carr all sat down at Frickers in Perrysburg to watch this hockey game to celebrate my birthday, of course, which was last week. We got an opportunity to sit down, and watch this game, watch at least two periods of the game, and I watched the ending at home. And this one was a good one, folks. Uh, coming off of the break, you figured that the Jackets would look to bounce back after the pathetic loss that they ended the ended the first half of the season with with Florida. Now, I just think you know this team is you know is there. The chemistry is there, and they're starting to gel together. And for The Jackets, it was the will to not give up in this game that helped them win this hockey game on Tuesday night as they headed into the capital city of the country, that is Washington, D.C., the Capital One Arena, where the Blue Jackets begin their second-half campaign in the 2021-2022 season. It all actually started with... The Capitals getting on the board late into the first period as Hathaway getting a backhanded shot on a tip shot, beating Elvis Merzlinkitz from Dow and Hagelin. It was one nothing Washington after 20 minutes of play. Now I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, it's one nothing. you know, it could have been worse, it could be worse. But then in the second, it was Dow getting his seventh of the season from Faraday and Hagland, 40 seconds into the first into the second period on a tip on a wrist shot beating Elvis versus Lincoln, and it was 2-0. But the resiliency of this Jackets team really came out as Patrick Line on the power play connects into the back of the net. And getting his 11th of the season from Boquist and Vorchek. It was 2-1 Washington. And then, not even, about two and a half minutes later, Adam Boquist himself gets on the board on a slap shot. Beating goaltender. Beating goaltender Coughley. And it was 2-2. Halfway through the second at the 12:42 mark of the second period. We had a tie game. But then Evgeny Kuznetsov getting his 15th of the season on the power play from Alexander Ovechkin and Carlson. It was 3-2 Washington at the 15:57 mark of the second period. Before then, the bug. Patrick lining, capitalizing again, getting a second of the night. Tying in this game at three apiece from Jenner and Bjorkstrand. Uh, four seconds left to go into the second period. Giving the Jackets the momentum. Into the second into the third period. And the new kid, the young gun, the kid who gets called up called up to get his NHL debut. Trey Fix worlitsky Getting his first professional NHL goal in front of his dad and his mom. His mom in tears. Dad, a proud moment. Getting his first goal. As it trickled past Copley. It was then. The Jackets taking the lead four to three at the two minutes and forty second mark of the third period. But then on with the empty net pulled. Tom Wilson capitalizes on the empty net. Gabrikoff can't get the puck out of the neutral out of the zone. Goes right to Wilson's stick. He takes the slap shot, beats Elvis versus Lincoln, and it's tied at four 3 So I'm saying, alright, let's get to overtime. Let's get some point. We'll get a point out of it. We'll be fine. But Boone Jenner says, absolutely not. We're going to take all two points and we're going to win this hockey game. And sure enough, he does. Beating Samsonoff. Who gets replaced from Cople- Copley gets pulled. Samsonoff comes in and Sam and Jenner gets his 19th of the season from Nyquist and Line. A. It was five four jackets. It could have been six four jackets line a had the open net hits both poles and shuts out does not go in jackets don't get the line a does not get the hat trick but the jackets do pick up the victory as they beat the washington capitals in washington by a score of five to four jenner gets the number one star line a the number two star nick dowell the number three star washington outshot the jackets in this game 33 to 26 they also led in the faceoff dot 62% to 38%. However, the Jacket power play was a lot better in this second second go round. They were two for three on the power play. Washington one for four. Jackets out hitting the Capitals in the game 27-17. Out blocking the Capitals 18-11. However, the Capitals had four giveaways and twelve takeaways to Columbus's seven giveaways and nine takeaways in the game. It was all shot dominated by the Capitals. They had eleven in the first and eleven in the third, but the Jackets had 14 in the second the jackets getting a big 5-4 win. Bers Linkett gets the win. He stopped 29 of 33 for a save percentage of 0.897. For Topley, he stopped 15 of 19 with a save percentage of 7.89. Samsonov comes in in relief. Stops 6 of 7 for a save percentage of 0.857. So the jackets a huge win over the Washington Capitals getting the W and getting off of the schneid so the jackets tonight are in buffalo new york seven o'clock puck drop at key bank center jackets 22 21 21 22 and one the sabers 14 24 and 7 so the jackets looking to get some big points there as they'll be taking some of the lower end teams in the next two days next two games against the against the Buffalo Sabres tonight and then Montreal on Saturday who have a new coach and we'll talk to that here in just a second looking at the schedule ahead for the Jackets this is like I mentioned before this is a uh, five road games in a row for the Jackets they're in Buffalo tonight in Montreal on Saturday at twelve they're in Calgary on Tuesday 9 p.m. puck drop for that one then they're at the United Center to the battle of the Hawks on Thursday evening for they return back home on the 20th of February to battle the Sabres. Then they battle the Maple Leafs at home at Nation at the Schwai on the 22nd before returning back to the regular scheduled schedule as they battle Florida and Carolina. So games at hand for the Jackets are going to be key. Now like mentioned before, other games that are going to be happening tonight around the NHL It will be Toronto is in Calgary to battle the Flames. Carolina is in Boston to battle the Bruins. Pittsburgh is in Ottawa to battle the Centers. Washington looks to bounce back. They got Montreal in front of them. I think that's going to be a pretty easy bounce back for them. New Jersey is in St. Louis to battle the Blues. And Colorado is hosting the defending champion, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Looking at the standings going into tonight's play, it looks like this will start in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division, top three teams. It is the Florida Panthers in the top spot at 32, 10, and 5 with 69 points. It is Tampa at 30, 10, and 6 with 66 points. Toronto, 30, 10, and 3 with 63 points. Metropolitan Division sees this. It is Carolina in the top spot at 31 10 and 3 with 65 points. The Rangers 30, 13 and 4 with 64 points. Pittsburgh 28, 11 and 8 with 64 points. The wild card looks like this Washington holding the top spot in the wild card at 25, 14 and 9 with 59 points. The Boston Bruins are 26, 15 and 3 with 55 points. On the outside looking in, Are the Detroit Red Wings at 21, 21, and 6 with 48 points? Columbus is right there. They are 21, 22, and 1 with 43 points. And the the Jackets have four games at hand on the Detroit Red Wings. So keep that in mind. They also have four games at hand. Boston also has four games at hand against. uh, They only have played 44 games. The Jackets have played 44 games. Both the Red Wings and the Capitals have played 48 games so far. The Islanders are in 5th spot. They're at 17, 17, and 6 with 40 points. The Flyers, 15, 23, and 8 with 38 points. The Devils, 16, 26, and 5 with 37 points. Ottawa, 16, 22, and 4 with 36 points. Buffalo, 14, 24, and 7 with 35 points. And Montreal is 8, 30, and 7 with 23 points. In the Western Conference... Looks like this top three teams. We'll start with the Central division. It is Colorado in the top spot at 32, eight and four with 68 points. Nashville 25, 28, 15 and four with 60 points, and the Minnesota Wild 28, 11 and three with 59 points. In the Pacific Division, it is led by the Vegas Golden Knights at 28, 17 and three with 59 points. The Kings 24, 16 and seven with 55 points. The Anaheim Ducks 23, 16 and 9 with 55 points. Wildcard standings look like this. It is St. Louis in the top spot at 26-13 and five with 57 points. Calgary 24-13 and six with 54 points on the top two wild card spots. On the outside looking in are the Dallas Stars at 24-18 and two with 50 points. They looked pretty good last night against the Nashville Predators. Uh, Edmonton 23, 18, and 3 with 49 points. San Jose 22, 20, and 4 with 48 points. Vancouver 21, 21, and 6 with 48 points. The Winnipeg Jets are 19, 17, and 7 with 45 points. Chicago 17, 23, and 7 with 41 points. Seattle 15, 28, and 4 with 34 points. And Arizona is 12, 31, and 4 with 28 points. Like I mentioned before, the worst team in all the NHL right now. Uh, it's shocking for me to say this, is the Montreal Canadiens. They have only eight wins on this early, uh, on this midway point of the season. So looking at some news and notes around the NHL, of course the big news today is that Dave Tippett was fired today by the Edmonton Oilers, which is a sh- shock by me. That the Oilers are still hypothetically in the playoff hunt, but they have fired their head coach, Dave Tippett, after the embarrassing loss that they had last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. So Tippett is out. It'll be Woodcroft in. Edmonton 7, 13, and 3 since becoming since the start of the season when they were 16, 5, and 0 are now at 5th in the Pacific Divi- Division. Jay Woodcroft, who coached in the American Hockey League in Bakersfield, will replace Dave Tippett as well as associate coach uh, Edmonton has also fired Jay Playfair, who has also been fired as well by the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, it's news and notes to pass, news to that that. Cami Granato has been named the assistant general manager. She is the second woman hired in all of the National Hockey League, of course. The big news, of course, was that, that the new hire for the Montreal Canadiens is It is now a former player himself. Yes, I'm going to say it. Martin St. Louis is now the new head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens fired their coach. St. Louis will coach the Canadiens for the rest of the season. St. Louis has no coaching experience outside serving as a special teams coach coordinator. So for the Jackets is for the 2018-2019 season but he is 5 foot 8 undrafted who's willing to make his way to the who will make his way to the hockey Hall of Fame. So he's got a fiery personality. I think this is what the Canadians need. He'll be on the bench tonight against the Washington Capitals. Other notes also of course Marcus Fellino has been suspended two games for his actions on for, on forward from on center from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Lawry, Adam Lawry, and his action is a knee on knee contact. He's been suspended for the game for at least two games. Tu Rask announced his retirement from the game on Wednesday after 15 seasons. He played a quick contract with the Sabers, so well, not with the Sabers with the Boston Bruins. So it's good to see that. And the and the big one for me is Brad Marchand. He is a known offender. For this, you know, Brad Marchant is just, this guy is going to get himself out of the league. After what he did to Tristan Jari, you know, and I don't like both teams, but there's no need for that. Marchant has been suspended six games for roughing and high sticking by the player development on Wednesday. The incident occurred with 25 seconds remaining in the third period on a 4-2 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Marchant received a minor penalty for roughing, on the plate in a match penalty for attempt to injure. He went after and hit Christian Jari with his stick and they were jarring at each other. Jari and him were jarring at each other all night and uh, but there's no need to injure a a goaltender with that nature. So Marchant is suspended for six games going forward. So that's good to see. And uh, Craig Berube has signed a three-year contract with the St. Louis Blues. So that is the news and notes around the NHL for you, as well as the Jackets. The Jackets on the ice tonight, taking on the Buffalo Sabres. 7 o'clock puck drop. You can watch that game on Valley uh, Sports Ohio, as well as on MSG Buffalo as well. As you're listening to all of the tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's continue to hit the ice and let's talk. A little Toledo walleye hockey. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the walleye roundup right here on All Andy Alfred! Dive time for the walleye roundup on this the 10th of February 2022. And the fish coming off of a huge win last Wednesday night over the Indianapolis Fuel by a score of 6-3. to three. They played four, three games in three days over the weekend. We'll start off with Friday night's action around the East Coast League. They took on the Iowa Heartlanders. I was there in attendance for that game. We were previewing that game for you guys here last week. This was the last time that Iowa was coming to the Huntington Center. The fish were wearing SpongeBob jerseys that night. And uh You know, it was a it was an interesting night. Uh, I love that the fan the you know the like the jersey itself, I gotta give I gotta give credit to the walleye on this. The jersey itself was perfect, but they did have the matching pants and socks it was perfect to the T. And I gotta say that was absolutely awesome to see and you know even though the jerseys looked absolutely atrocious they hit they hit the mark with the you know they hit the mark with the pants as well as with the with the socks as well so it was good to see that they you know they went with the whole thing and the players were into it uh, I don't think I was really into it because I figured I figured that when they were doing this promotion, That they were going to do the with uh, Iowa wearing the Patrick Star or a plankton jersey or something like that, but of course they didn't fall for it. Iowa wore their traditional black, gold, black, green, and silver uniforms. But doesn't matter what you wear, it shows you what is on the ice or the fish battle. A good game against the Heartlanders on Friday night. It started off with Mitchell Hurd getting his fifth of the season from Hawkins and Dickinson on the power play. It was one nothing fish, and then the fish then capitalized again about three minutes and change later. As Brett Bowen getting his 12th of the season from Keenan and Frazier, and it was 2 nothing fish before Iowa then bounces back in the same period as Bennett gets his 14th of the season from Kuffner on the power play. And it's two one Iowa, two one fish, and then Iowa ties it up with the 10 20, not even not even a few minute few seconds later as Smith gets his twelfth of the season from Kefner and Oliver on the power play, and it's two two after twenty minutes of play at the Huntington Center. The fish do get back on the on the on the front end of the game as Gordy Miller gets his third of the season from Brandon Schultz and Ryan Lowry. On the power play, it was 3-2 fish before Iowa then puts two unanswered on the board. As Guffner gets his fifth and sixth of the season. His fifth was from Bennett and Casalo, And then his sixth was from White and Smith on the power play. And it was 4-3 Iowa before Mitchell Hurd getting his second of the game from Keenan and Boeing. It was then 4-4. Then Boeing getting his his thirteenth of the season for Meyer, making it a five-four game after 40 minutes of play. The former Fish himself, uh, McMurray, getting the third goal for his third goal of the season for the Iowa Heartlanders, coming in off of the trade that he was traded that day from the Fish over to Iowa from Slohow and Shercook, and it was five-five. After sixty minutes of play, so we had bonus hockey that took place at the Huntington Center back and forth, back and forth, action went, and Bennett for the Iowa Heartlanders getting the dagger in in front of a sold out crowd of seven thousand four hundred and fifty two which really wasn't a sold out crowd. There's a lot of pocket of empty seats here and there around the Huntington Center. If you were at the game on on uh on Friday night, you knew that the in the corners was pretty empty. The fish fall to the Heartlanders by a score of six to five. Toledo outshot the Heartlanders in the game forty-four to thirty-two. Iowa three for four on the power play. Toledo two for four on the power play. It was Milosic stopping twenty-six of thirty-two. His save percentage of a point eight seven nine. For it, for Beliveau, it was stopping thirty-nine of forty-four. His save percentage of a point nine zero eight. So the fish fall to the Heartlanders at the Huntington Center on Friday night as they fall 6-5 over those Heartlanders. Other scores from Friday, the 4th of February, it was the Running Royals, a 4-3 winner over the Newfoundland Growlers in overtime in Glens Falls. It was the Fort Wayne Comets, a 7-3 victory over the Adirondack Thunder. Orlando, a 4-2 win over the Orla- uh, over the Florida Falls to the Orlando Solar Bears, 4-2. Greenville, a 6-0 blanking of the Norfolk Admirals. In Worcester, it was the Railers, a 5-2 win over the Kalamazoo Wings, Wheeling, a 3-1 win over the Indianapolis Fuel. Tulsa, a 2-1 win over the Allen Americans. Kansas City, a 4-3 win over the Rapid City Rush. In overtime, it was the Idaho Steelheads, a 5-4 win over the Wichita Thunder, and the Jacksonville Icemen getting a 4-2 win over the Utah Grizzlies on Friday night, the 4th of February. We get to Saturday, the Fish travel to... Cincinnati, the Queen City, to take on the Cyclones, and the Fish bounced back after the loss with a big 5-2 win over the Cyclones at Heritage Bank Center. It was Howershell getting his the goal started out for the Fish at the 4.43 mark of the first period from Tomlick and Graffini. It was 1-0 Fish before Jesse Schultz getting his 12th of the season from Adorantzak and Boca, and it was 1-1. Tied up before Mitchell heard at the 10:15 mark of the sec of the first period, gets his seventh of the season from Hawkins and Boeing on the power play, and was 2-1 Fish. But then at right before the end of the first period, it was Capasalo on the power play from Leaf and Ederson, and it was tied at two after 20 minutes of play. The Fish then took off into the second period as Parker getting his eighth of the season from Fraser and Tomneck, making it a 3-2 Fish lead, and then Hawkins. Putting the night cap on for two straight goals. His first goal of the game was at the 540 mark of the third period. His 11th of the season from Gazzola and Dickerson on the power play. And then he puts the empty netter from Schultz at the 1847 mark of the third period. The Fish getting a 5-2 win at Heritage Bank Center, the Fish outshot the Cyclones in the game, 30 to 28. Toledo two for six on the power play. Cincinnati one for five. Caden Fulcher got the start for the Fish in the game. He stopped 26 to 28. His save percentage of 0. 0.975. Redmond gets the loss for the Cyclones. He stopped 25 of 29. His save percentage of 0. 0.875. So the Fish getting a big win there on Saturday night at Heritage Bank. Other games around the East Coast League on the 5th of February. Reading a 5-1 win over the Newfoundland Growlers. Adirondack a 4-3 win over the Fort Wayne Comets. Orlando, a 3-2 win over the Florida Everblades. The Lions of Trevos fall to the Maine Mariners 5-4. In overtime, Kalamazoo, a 2-1 win over the Worcester Railers. South Carolina, a 5-1 win over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Iowa beats up on the Wheeling Nailers by a score of 4-1. Norfolk, a 3-2 win over the Atlantic Gladiators. Kansas City blanks the Rapid City rush 2-0 in overtime. It was Tulsa 5 Allen 4, and Wichita 5-4 win in overtime over the Idaho Steelheads. And then we get to Sunday, and Sunday was an interesting day for hockey in the East Coast League. A lot of games going on, of course, and the Fish finish up their four games in five days as they took on the Indy Fuel. And for the first time so far this year, if I'm not mistaken, the Fish were shut out at home at the Huntington Center by a score of 3-0 over Indy, Indy scoring a goal in each of the periods. It started off in the first period with Craighead getting his 14th of the season from Malone and Zuzroff, and it was 1-0 Indy in the second. McKay getting his 8th of the season from Watson at the 11 mark of the second period. And in the third, Craighead getting his 2nd of the night from Malone and Mactat. Making it 3-0 Indy, and that was the final. The fish get blanked at the Huntington Center by a score of 3-0. Toledo had 28 shots on that to Indy's 26. Both teams 0 for on the power play. Indy 0-1, Toledo over 2. If it's Christopolis stopping 23 of 26, his save percentage of a.950. For Lackey, he stopped all 26 shots. The game his save percentage up point uh, one point zero. The fish fall to the Indy Fuel on Sunday. I was there in attendance. I actually won a jersey in the jersey raffle that we were mentioning before. I won the Toledo Hockey Hall of Famer himself, Bill Joyce's jersey. A uh, little too small for me. I'm probably going to have that framed and put that up here in the man cave. So when we get that all settled up and ready, I'll take a couple pictures and post it on our Facebook page as well as on our Twitter account. So it was good to see uh, a lot of the jerseys going up for auction and uh, a lot of money for the Toledo Walleye Wishing Well Fund as well as tee it, up to le- tee it up Northwest Ohio. Other scores from around the East Coast League. It was Wichita beating Idaho 5-2 in overtime. It was the Rapid City Rush salvaging the series over the Tulsa Oilers with a 5-4 victory. Cincinnati falls to Wheeling in overtime 5-4. Kalamazoo takes 2-3 from Wooster with a 2-1 win, and Atlanta was a 4-1 win over the Norfolk Admirals. On Tuesday, it was the Redding Royals battling against the Adirondack Thunder, and the Royals a 6-1 win over the Thunder. On Wednesday, Newfoundland gets a 5-0 win over the Maine Mariners. Orlando a 5-2 win over the Jacksonville Icemen. Wheeling went into Kalamazoo and beat up on the K-Wings 4-1. Greenville, a 5-1 win over the Norfolk. Admirals, Fort Wayne falls to Indy, 2-1. Atlanta falls, beats up, actually beats Cincinnati, 4-2. And then in overtime Yeah, last night, Utah was a winner, 5-4 over Iowa. Allen was a winner, 4-3 over the Kansas City Mavericks. And the Idaho Steelheads shut out the Tulsa Oilers by a score of 2-0. To Tonight on the docket, actually we have one final as we actually finish up our podcast here. It was Wichita fall, fall Wichita Thunder a three two win over the Rapid City Rush in overtime this afternoon tonight on the docket seven o five Central Standard Time it'll be Kansas City Mavericks in Allen to battle the Americans this weekend slate looks like this the fish are off on Friday but other on the East Coast League Mary, Maine is in Newfoundland to battle the Growlers Kalamazoo is at home to battle the Indy Fuel the Lions are in. Reading to battle the Royals. Jacksonville will take on Greenville. It will be Norfolk in South Carolina to battle the Stingrays. Atlanta is in Wheeling to battle the Nailers. You have Cincinnati in Fort Wayne to battle the Cyclones. Utah is in Iowa to battle the Heartlanders. Kansas City is in Allen. Wichita is in Rapid City. And Idaho is battling Tulsa on the ice. Saturday the 12th. Maine is in Newfoundland. Norfolk is in South Carolina. Cincinnati is in Indy. Greenville is in Jacksonville. Florida is in Orlando. You'll have the Lions battling the Royals at 7 o'clock Eastern. Adirondack is in Worcester to battle the Railers. Fort Wayne is in Wheeling to battle the Nailers. And then you have to, Saturday's game for the Fish. They'll take on the Atlanta Gladiators. 7:15 puck drop for that one at the Huntington Center. Tickets are still available for that game by visiting ToledoWalley.com or 419-725-WALL. You have Utah is in Iowa to battle the Heartlanders. Wichita is in Rapid City. And Tulsa is battling Idaho in the Steelhead City. Sunday, all day games, three day games in the East Coast League. Florida is in Orlando the battle the Solar Bears at 2 p.m. E- 2 p.m. Standard Time, Newfoundland Time. Maine is battling the Growlers. five Eastern, we'll see the Adirondack Thunder battling the Worcester Railers. Those are the only games happening on Sunday. With it being Super Bowl Sunday. Now, looking at the standings going into tonight's, into this weekend's play, we'll start with the Central Division. The Toledo Wally in the top spot at 28 10, 1 2, with 59 points. Kalamazoo is 23 18, 0 0, with 46 points. Fort Wayne, 21-16, 4-1 with 47 points. Wheeling, 23-18, 1-0 with 47 points. The Cincinnati Cyclones, 23-18, 2-0 with 48 points. Indy, 19-21, 2-2 at 42 points. And the Iowa Heartlanders are 17-21, 6-1 with 41 points. In the Mountain Division, it is Utah at 27-15, 2-1 with 57 points. Idaho, 26-17, 1-1 with 54, 54 points. Tulsa, 23-18, 1-1 with 48 points. Rapid City as 22-18, 4-2 with 50 points. The Allen Americans are 18-17, 5-1 with 42 points. Kansas City, 21-21, 2-0 with 44 points. And the Wichita Thunder 18-21, 6-0 with 42 points. In the Eastern Conference, we'll start with the South Division. Jacksonville 24-14-2-1 one with one and one with 51 points. The Atlanta Gladiators, who the walleye will be playing, have played 44 games. They're 25-16-2-1 with 53 points. You have the Florida Everblades at 23-15-3-3 three three with 52 points. You also have Orlando in the fourth spot at 23-16-3-0 oh with 49 points. Greenville at 15-16-4-3 with 37 points. The Norfolk Admirals 15-22-2 and two with 34 points, and the South Carolina Stingrays are 15-22-4 and 0 with 34 points. In the North Division, it's led by the Running Royals, who are 22-9-5 and one with 50 points. Newfoundland 18-12-3 and 0 with 39 points. The Lions are 18-12-2 and one with 39 points. The Maine Mariners 19-16-3 and two with 43 points. The Worcester Railers 16-19-2-1 with 35 points, and the Adirondack Thunder 16-19-2-0 with 34 points. Uh, news and notes around the East Coast League of course. The following have been announced as suspensions. Uh, Kansas City's Robust has been fined. Um, Mikael Robos has been suspended for four games and fines of undisclosed amount as a result of his actions against the Allen Americans. Was fined and suspended under the Rule Twenty Eight for a result of a illegal check to the head infraction at the seven fifty one mark of the first period in the game. So he will be suspended. Utah's Tyler Penner has also been fined. An undisclosed amount in result of his actions against the Iowa Heartlanders on the 9th. He was fined for a dispute for a careless use of a stick in the third period of the game on the 9th of February. So there's the updated fines and suspensions from around the East Coast League. Of course, uh, let's see here. Yeah, that that's pretty much all the news. From around the East Coast League, as we get you into this weekend's action, we're getting closer and uh just to just to get it in here into perspective here, uh, let me pull it up here if I can here league wise top four teams in each division will be will claim the tops will claim plot spots in the playoffs right now. Toledo is holding the top spot at twenty eight ten one and two with fifty nine points. Rudding is in second at 22, 9, 5, and 1 with 50 points. Utah, 27, 15, 2 and 1 with 57 points. And the Icemen are 24, 14, 2 and 1 with 51 points. Now, I say this because the top four teams will be automatically, will go on to the playoff system. So, Rudding holding the top spot in the north, Utah battling the top spot in the mountain, Jacksonville in the south, and the Walleye in the central division. So there is that for you guys. Conference-wise, like I mentioned before, the West is pretty much led by the Walleye at 59 points, but Utah's right there at 57, so you can't count them out. And Utah has played 45 games. Reading has played 37. Toledo has played 41. And Jacksonville has played 41. So take that as you will on where the where the uh, standings happen. Remember, it's an 82-game season, so the, technically the Walleye have officially hit the halfway mark, excuse me, a 7-2 game season. So while they are past the halfway mark of the season, but they're getting closer and closer to the postseason run. So we'll see how that all shakes out. As you are listening to All-Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and wh- however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. And now let's continue to talk some winter sports. Let's give you the update on the Olympics that are happening in Beijing 2022 and it's now time for the Beijing 22 recap right here on all Andy Alfred as we are fully into gear for the 2022 Olympics we are in day seven of competition we are one week into the three-week competition and we have finally begun a lot of the events Of course, we started off with mixed curling, as the big event, of course, was won by the Italians. In second place was the Norwegians, and in third was the Swedes. So it was gold going to Italy, sweeping the board across across, as they won all of the events. let's say won the mixed doubles events sweeping the round robins and winning the tournament overall as it was Italy beating Norway and Sweden so Italy gold Norway silver Sweden the bronze medal. As we're now into men's play, and the United States was a winner yesterday to the ROC by a score of 6-5 to in the men's section, as well as Canada, a winner over Denmark, 10-5. to Slate of action tonight, of course, women's curling also took place yesterday, as it was Canada beating the Republic of Korea 12-7. to You also had the United States beating the ROC 9-3. to you also have the United States in their second session beating Denmark 7-5. to five. Tonight, Today's session will have the United States battling Great Britain in the men's. And in their session 3, Great Britain will battle the United States. And in the women's session round 3, will be the United States versus the host country of Japan. The women's for Canada will be round session 3 against Japan tomorrow afternoon. There's that. Men's well, for Canada will battle Switzerland. The women will battle Sweden in the afternoon sessions. So there's that for you in curling. But of course, I want to change it all up as we are now into ice hockey. Of course, the big one, of course, is that the United States women's team is going to be battle. Looks like they're going to be headed towards that matchup against Canada. As it will be the quarterfinals will start tonight at 11:10. as the United States will battle the Czech Republic. The Canadian women will battle it out against the Swedes at 8-10 tomorrow morning. So get your coffee for that one. Ready for that one. Men's action is in underway as the Canadians beat the Germans 5-1 this morning. And the United States shutting out the host country of China 8-0. Tonight's action, Denmark will take on the Russian Athletic Committee in first matchup round and the Czechs will battle the Swedes, the Swiss, excuse me, at 3.40 a.m. Tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, our time, Lafayette will battle Finland and tomorrow night the U.S. men will battle the Canadian men. Tomorrow night that is a not, that is eleven ten puck drop tomorrow night so play it keep that in mind for that the updated medal standings looks like this the germany are leading right now in the gold rush at six golds three silvers zero bronze for a total of nine medals the overall stats for total medals look like this wait for john williams right there oh yeah it looks like this for the for the medal count for the Austrians leading the medal count right now at four gold, five silver, four bronze for 13 medals. The Norwegians holding the top uh, the second spot at 12 medals in total with five gold, three silver, four bronze for 12. Canada in second spot with one gold, four silver and seven bronze. The Russian Athletic uh, Olympic Committee is in 4th spot at 2 golds, 3 silvers, 6 bronze for 11 medals. The United States has 4 gold, 5 silver, and 1 bronze for 10 medals. The Germans lead in all the gold rush though at 6 golds, 3 silvers, and no bronze for 9 medals. The Netherlands 4 gold, 3 silvers, and 1 bronze. Italy and the Netherlands tie for seventh with eight medals in total. Netherlands, four gold, three silvers, one bronze. And the Italians, two gold, four silver, and two bronze. And to be honest with you guys, I'm going to kill kill John Williams here for a little bit. Uh, you know, I enjoy the Olympics. The Olympics are getting bashed so much because of the time difference. And I did, I did take a look at the final uh, ratings that came out. TV rating wise for the Olympics and you know the opening ceremonies only drawing six point eight million viewers to the opening ceremonies really kinda of hurt. Uh I think it just doesn't help that, you know, we're seeing taped events. You know, I wish that NBC would just run the coverage all day nonstop stop instead of you know you know doing it. You know, the the time difference is really affecting this Olympics with the 13-hour time difference, of course. If it was, you know, a lot better of a time difference for us, you know, we'd be watching it more and more. But all the events are happening as here in America and as in Canada as well as in on the western side of the world are happening, you know, late into the evening. So it's affecting all of us from covering it at the same time. So be as it may, you know, I I, I, I think that, you know, that should be into consideration that they just should run it all day, every day so you could see all the events. And you know, the Olympics have not lost its luster in my opinion. A lot of people think that it has because of the because of the uh uh the way that, you know, the NBC portrays it and everything like that. Uh I I I just think it's you know, I, I just wish people would give it a more of a chance for people to watch it you know and when it comes to paris in 2024 for the summer games everybody's going to be watching it because it's the the time difference will be different will be definitely different and then you have the you'll have the winter games which we don't know yet who is hosting the winter games next in in 2026 uh but in 2028 the los angeles games will be taking place so you know we'll see we'll see how it all shakes out but uh, that is your Olympic coverage right here on all ADL for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now we're going to talk some other sports before we get to the big game, of course. Some other news and sports news to pass along to you guys. We'll start first and foremost with, the college, with college basketball, of course, and we'll start with the Mid-American Conference, of course with the uh, big dance coming all around the corner. I had somebody at reach out to me and ask me, Hey Andy, are you doing the uh, March Madness Tournament? Yes, we are. That will be coming up as soon as the brackets are released and we get the all the logistics all situated. We'll probably be doing it through ESPN's Bracket Challenge. We'll have it all set up, but that's coming up in the near future. On uh, thir- On Tuesday, the 8th of February, the... Uh, Mid-American Conference was in full swing as Central Michigan beat Ball State 89-85 in overtime. The Toledo Rockets continue their winning ways as they win 77-62 over the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, Miami a 62-57 win over the Western Michigan Broncos. Eastern Michigan falls to uh, Buffalo 102-64. Akron a 70-64 win over the Northern Illinois. And in Kent State, it was Kent State a winner 76-68 over the Bowling Green State University Falcons in the game. Third Tonight, tip 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus. Ohio travels to Central Michigan at 7 o'clock in Mount Pleasant. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN 2. Kent State in Akron in action. Saturday's slate looks like this. Ball State is at Buffalo to battle the Bulls. Bowling Green is in Miami. To battle the Red Hawks. Ohio is at Eastern Michigan to battle the Eagles. Toledo is on the road to battle the Northern Illinois Huskies. And Central Michigan will battle Western Michigan for the tip on that in the men's side. Standings look like this. Toledo top spot overall in conference play at 11-2. Ohio 10-2 overall. Akron 9-3. Kent State 9-4. Buffalo 6-4. Central Michigan 5-4. Ball State 6-6. BG 5-8. Miami of Ohio 4 and 8, Northern Illinois, 3 and eight. Eastern Michigan 3 and 9, and Western Michigan has yet to win a MAC game. They are 0 and 13. Overall records: Toledo's 19 and 5, Ohio 19 and 4, Akron 16 and 4, Kent State 14 and 9, Buffalo 12 and 8, Central Michigan 6 and 14 overall, Ball State 11 and 12, BG at 500 at 12 and 12, Miami of Ohio 10 and 13, Northern Illinois 6-15, Eastern Michigan 8-15, and, and Western Michigan 4-20 and 20 overall. The overall top 25 looks like this. It's uh, games that are taking place tonight. Seventh-ranked Duke battles to Clemson at 8 o'clock on the ACC network. Murray State takes on Tennessee State. Murray State, 23rd ranked in the country. The number two-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs are at home against Pacific 9 p.m. tip for that one. Purdue, third-ranked in the country, heads up to Chrysler Center to battle the Michigan Wolverines. 9 o'clock tip on ESPN. 9 o'clock on FS1. Fourth-ranked Arizona battles Washington State. And San Diego travels to 22nd-ranked St. Saint Mer- Saint Mary's at 9 p.m. Tip-off for that one. On the women's side of things uh, in the Mid-American Conference, of course, last night the Bowling Green State University Falcon women's team was on the hard court. They get a big 81-52 win over the Northern Illinois. It was Toledo a winner 86-63 over Miami of Ohio. Eastern Michigan falls to Buffalo 93-68. Kent State to 78 78- 67 win. Akron a 86-70 win over Western Michigan. Ball State and Ohio unfortunately were postponed. Saturday, Slate sees Western Michigan traveling to Ohio to battle the Bobcats. 1 o'clock tip for that one. Central Michigan battles Miami of Ohio. 1 o'clock tip for that one. Uh, a lot of 1 o'clock tips. Uh, Akron taking on Eastern Michigan at Ypsilanti. Ball State travels to Kent State. 2 o'clock tip for that one. Buffalo travels to Northern Illinois for a Big matchup, two o'clock tip, and then you have the Battle of I-75 that will take place on Saturday, two p.m. tip-off at Savage Arena, as the Bowling Green State University Falcons, eleven and nine overall, take on Trisha Tollop and the Toledo Rockets, who are eighteen and four overall. This is a big matchup right here because Bowling Green is Bowling Green in conference play is six and five, Toledo twelve and one. They're holding the top spot. Buffalo ten and three, Akron. Is 7-5, Ball State 7-4, Bowling Green 6-5 in conference play. So it's a big matchup for the Falcons and the Rockets. And we'll see in Part 4 of this Battle of I-75 if Bowling Green can finally get a win and beat the Rockets on the home court. Because right now it is 3-0 in favor of the University of Toledo. If Toledo wins this game, they will have clinched the Battle of I-75 for the season in the winter sports when it comes to football and basketball as well. So there's a big matchup, big matchup going forward. Uh Golf to pass along to, you, of course, LPGA is off. They will be off now until the 3rd of March, when it will be the HBC Women's Open taking over in Singapore, China. And that will be the next event. But in the Drive-On Championship that took place last weekend, it was the the Ireland, the Irish lad in Leona Maguire getting winning the tournament at 18 under par. In second was Lexi Thompson. She finished 15 under par. Brittany Ademeyer finishes 13 under par and tie for fourth. Stacy Lewis's Lewis also finished thirteen under par as well. Uh Brent uh, Brooke Henderson finishing tie for 11th. At eleven under par with Charlie Hall, who's eleven under par. Nellie Cora finishes tied for 15th at 10 under par. Um uh, Magnum Sandstrom, 10 under par finishing in 15th. Kelly Tan, 9 under par finishing tied for 20th with uh Carolyn Masson as well, as Pauline Delacour, as well. Celine Boutier also finishing 20th and 9 under par overall in the in this the drive-on championship so they will be off until the 3rd of march when that will take place in singapore china also big news today was the nba trade deadline and james harden has been traded over to the 76ers for ben simmons i think that is a huge move uh This is a big trade. So Simmons goes to the Nets. Harden to the 76ers. For Ben Simmons, the Sixers will get James, the Nets will get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. That is a huge pickup for the Brooklyn Nets. A huge pickup. Also, another trade Christian Porzingis. Has been traded to the Washington Wizards for Spencer DeWittle and Davis Bertrands. So that's a big trade right there for you. Uh, Serge Ibaka has been moved from the from the Clippers to the Bucks in a 14 trade with the Sacramento Kings and the Detroit Pistons. This is according to according to Jamal Collier from ESPN. The Bucks will acquire Serge Ibaka from the Clippers. Uh, they will also the Clippers as a part of a 14 trade that will also send former number two pick Marvin Bagley to this from the Sacramento Kings to the Detroit Pistons that will be a point. as part of the deal Devontae devazo will go from the Bucks to the Kings or so say and the Pistons will send Josh Jackson and Trey Lance to the Kings and Detroit will send out two fruits your second round pick to the bucks so a 14 trade taking place there also the Raptors have sent. Gordon it and picks to the San Antonio Spurs for Thaddeus Young and Drew Eubanks and draft picks as well. So uh, games tonight around the association, 7 o'clock tip. Memphis is at Little Caesars Arena to battle the Pistons. 7.30 on TNT is the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Washington Wizards. Uh, Miami is in New Orleans to battle the Pelicans. Raptors are in Houston, the Battle of the Rockets, Clippers, and Mavericks at 8.30. The other TNT game is Milwaukee. Taking on Phoenix is a rematch of the NBA Finals. 10 o'clock tip as Reggie Aloysius Miller and Barb Aller will call that one for you. And the Knicks are in the Bay City to battle the Warriors in that one. And that's all the other sports news around the sporting world. Also, want to make mention of this. It was announced today that the lockout is still going. Is still going on, but Manford announced in a press conference today that missing games would be totally disastrous if it came to it. MLB has urgency to find. Uh, Manford is looking to move, help Tampa Bay move out of Tampa Bay and find them a new ballpark. Uh, but yeah, it's i it, it it's bad. It's absolutely bad in. That in the baseball officials have a sense of urgency to find a new ballpark for the Tampa Bay Rays after scrapping a plan to split the season between Florida and Montreal when the team team lease at Tropicana Field expires the fall expires following the 2027 season. Major League Baseball gave the Rays the go-ahead in 2019 to explore the two-city plan and then announced on January 20th that that concept has been. Unfortunately, rejected. So the Rays were looking to play between Montreal and Tampa Bay. I thought that would have been a great idea. But the big news also is that that Trevor Bauer, all the charges against him have been dropped. So Trevor Bauer is now allowed to go back into baseball. That is a huge, a huge news. Where does Bauer go now? You know, where's the next, where, will he be pitching with the Dodgers? I, I just don't think so. I really, really don't think so. I think is going to move him. I really do. Where does he go? I would like to see him come back to Cincinnati. I think he had his great years in Cincinnati. I think with ownership being there, there's enough cap space left over. I think Cincinnati, and he liked pitching in Cincinnati, he likes being in Cincinnati, He likes the Ohio Roots. I would think that he would come back to Cincinnati. And I I would love to see him come back. Especially in that rotation that they've got in Cincinnati. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, The other news and notes also is that the MLB owners have come to the agreement that there will be a universal DH going forward. So, there will be no pitchers hitting in the National League. It will be a universal DH in both the American and the National League. So, we'll see if the players will agree to that. Uh, I just just don't know. So, we are two months into this lockout, which began on December 2nd, and it looks like we're not making any progress. So, I, I, I just... I just don't see that right now the status of spring training is no change as of right now, according to Rob Manford, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, as they met with opening meetings. he asked, Somebody asked in the meeting if he thinks that opening day will take place as scheduled as the 31st. He responded he says, I'm optimistic and believe that we will have an agreement in time to play our regular season schedule. I don't see it happening. I honestly don't see it happening. I really don't. I really, really don't see it happening. I don't think we're going to get baseball this year. I really don't. So we'll see. We'll absolutely see. As you're listening to All India the Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Leaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning into the show. And now we're going to talk about this game that's happening on Sunday. It's a big game apparently, Uh, you know, it's called, what is it called again? Oh yeah, it's the Super Bowl and it's Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford. We'll preview it right now. So this Sunday, 6.30 Eastern, it's probably about 6.45, 6.47 kickoff. Scheduled time in beautiful Inglewood, California on the closest to the Los Angeles area it will be at SoFi Stadium on the warmest Super Bowl ever it will be the AFC representative in the Cincinnati Bengals from the AFC North who are 10 and 7 overall in their record will take on the NFC representative in the Los Angeles Rams a huge matchup this upcoming Sunday night, it will be watched by millions across the world and all over the country and all over the world. We watching in anticipation to see who is going to lift the Vince Lombardi trophy. As it is a team that most of us did not have predicted to get to where it was looking at the overall stats in this the Super Bowl Super Bowl 56 that will take place the last meeting between these two teams took place in 2019 as the Rams beat the Bengals 24 to 10 in London England the last games that each team had played was about approximately two weeks ago where the Rams beat the 49ers 20-17 to and the Bengals beat Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs 24-27. The Rams' offense is 9th overall in the league, 25th overall in the rush offense, 5th overall in pass offense, and they are tied for 7th in scoring. The Rams on defense are 17th overall. 6th overall in rush defense, 22nd in pass defense, and 15th ranked in the country and 15th ranked in the league in scoring. For the Cincinnati Bengals, their offense is 13th ranked overall in all of the National Football League, 23rd ranked in in rush offense, 7th ranked in passing, as well as 7th ranked in offensive scoring. On the defensive side, the, the Bengals are 18th overall in rush defense, 5th overall in rush defense, Twenty-sixth in pass and seventeenth in scoring. The turnover differential is uh a, a plus two for the Rams. The Bengals are have a zero for turnover differential. Some players to watch in this game, of course, for the Rams it will be Aaron Donald. He is the most dynamic defensive player over the last eight seasons, and will have his chance to shine as well in this big game. Donald has one and a half sacks and sixteen pressures in the last. In three games this postseason, but it was unable to make an impact in their first Super Bowl appearance back in, back in the day. Three years ago, he is a 2021 unanimous All-Pro and should be have the opportunity to overmatch the interior of the offensive line. The matchup for the the key matchup to watch will be cornerback uh, Jalen Ransby versus wide receiver Jamar Chase. I think this is a these two top tier quarterbacks facing off against each other as the most productive rookie receiver since the merger of the matchup could determine the winner of this football game. The player to watch for the Bengals of course is going to be none other than Joe Burrow. Burrow his second year in the league he is going after going first overall and the starting quarterback to pick to the starting quarterback he went from the first overall pick to being now the starting quarterback for his team in the Super Bowl. That has been that is to get here in his second season, Bur- Burrow's presence has transformed in a struggling franchise in the Bungles to become the Bengals. Burrow has 15 TD passes and just two interceptions in his last seven games, and he averages over 331 yards a game. The injuries to watch out for for the Rams' tight end is Tyler Higby. He's out for an e- for a knee injury. Also, uh, you have uh, Joseph uh, Broom out with a chest. He's not expected to practice all week. For the Bengals, uh, tight end C.J. Usamura is expected to play after leaving the AFC title game early with a knee injury. Defensive tight end uh, Josh Tulupo is out with a knee injury. Jackson Carmen out with a back injury. And Cam Staple also dealing with injuries as well. Uh, The teams have only met once under the current coaches uh, are on, and the Rams beat them 24-10 at Wembley Stadium in London in 2019. At the time, Coach Zach Taylor spent two seasons on Sean McVay's staff with the Rams. The Rams, uh, Andrew Winterworth spent 11, the first eleven seasons with the Bengals and got 168 games with the Bengals, 14th most in all time. Some stats to pass off: The Rams are one-third all-time in one-third all-time in Super Bowls, while the Bengals have lost their only two trips to the Super Bowl. And by the way, this is the youngest coaching staff. The youngest coaching matchup in Super Bowl history. The first time that both coaches were under the age of 40. Now, Burrow is facing off against Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. Will be the 10th and 11th quarterbacks to start a Super Bowl after being drafted first overall. Stafford was drafted in 2009 with the Detroit Lions. Burrow in 2020 with the Bengals. Also, this will be the second matchup of two former number one quarterbacks. With Peyton Manning beating Cam Newton six years ago in Super Bowl 50, that took place. Uh wide receiver C- Cooper Cup has 2,333 yards receiving in the regular season and in the playoffs, the most in the season of in all of the NFL's history. Cooper Cup's 20 cu- touchdown catches are tied for fourth most behind Randy Moss of 24 and 27, as well as formerly Jerry Rice, who Played against the Bengals in the last two appearances. The Bengals for in. In 1987 and 1989. So I have some Super Bowl trivia for you guys tonight. On All Andy Alfred. I'm going to share two trivia questions for you guys. I want you to answer these questions to the Twitter account. Which is at All Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred. As well as on our Facebook page facebook.com/ all Andy and we will post this on a, on our pages uh, just reply to what you think and please don't look up the answer please don't look up the answer I want you to take your best guess for this we're gonna do two trivia questions one is a factual trivia question and one's gonna be about one of the teams okay so here is the one about the teams. The quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, the last time they were in the Super Bowl, is what NFL analyst that is currently on CBS Sports? There is your first trivia question. And that's this easy one. Now here is the hard one for you guys. With Tampa Bay last year winning the Super Bowl and the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, That was one of the few times that a city has won multiple championships in the same calendar year. The trivia question is, can you name the four cities that have won championships in the National Football League as well as Major League Baseball? If You can name all four in our comment page, Without looking it up, and remember it has to be without looking it up. You will, we will, you will win the honor of being mentioned on our show next week. You will win the honor. So four cities that have won championships in both the Super Bowl as well as Major League Baseball, and the hint is for that has happened in the last fifty-six years. There's that for you. So, of course, everybody's asking me. It's been going around all day. They have been asking me the question, who do you see winning the whole thing? I have been torn because of this. Uh, I think, you know, do I root for Ohio? Do I root for Burrow and Jamar Chase? Do I root for the Bengals? Because of the Ohio connection. Do we all go in for Ohio, even if you're a Browns fan? Do you root for are you rooting for the Bengals to succeed in the Super Bowl? To put some relevancy in the AFC North. There's a bit of me that's rooting for the Bengals. Also, but there's also a bit of me that's rooting for the Rams because of Matthew Stafford. I watched this kid grow up. In the t in the Honolulu blue and silver, I love this kid. He has been one of the best quarterbacks I have ever witnessed. Growing up as a as a Lions fan, I have enjoyed the run that they have had with the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams have gone all in with their chips. Uh, I I like to see I like to see Stafford get a ring. I wish he would have gotten a ring with Detroit. He had the opportunity after opportunity to get it done and ownership because the Ford family needs to freaking sell the Lions to somebody that wants to invest in the Lions and not invest in a side hobby because that's what the Ford family does. But I don't want OBJ to win a championship. I don't want him. I don't want Odell Beckham. I don't like Odell Beckham all that much. After what he did to Cleveland, I don't want him winning a championship. Oh my god. You know, it's it's this I want I really what I want is a competitive football game. That's all I want. All I want is a competitive football game. Will I get that? I don't know. Uh, I would like to see this I like to see both these teams ballot out and be up into the fourth quarter. I just don't want this to be a blowout and I'm watching i I'm watching moonshiners or whatever on A and E later in the evening. I don't want that to happen. I want to watch this game from start to finish. Uh, I'll be making the skyline dip, of course, because the honor Cincinnati. I don't know what I'm going to make for L.A. Uh, the line for the game right now is the betting line is Rams by four. Uh, the overall against the spread, the Rams are eight and nine. The Bengals ten and seven. The season series are the Bengals at eight and six overall. I don't know who to pick. I really don't know. Both teams. <sighs> bit of me, it's like it is on the fence, folks. I'm just I'm being totally honest with you. I like the Rams because of Stafford. I don't like the Rams because of OBJ, but I do like Vaughn Miller. I do like the Aaron Aaron Donald. I like all. The, I like the Rams, but I also like Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think the Bengals are there. Jamar Chase is there. I like Zach Taylor. I like the whole crew that they got there. It's a young group of kids. So they're probably going to get back to the Super Bowl, maybe not next year, but the following year. Who do I go for? I I don't know who I go for. I I really don't know who to go for in this game. I and to the Browns fans that you know are looking at me and saying, "Why are you why are you making such a hard pick on this?" Why are you making such a hard pick on this? I I'm just gonna tell you, I, I I like Burrow. I think he did a fantastic job so far in the playoffs. Can he roll the dice again? And they can they win it and win the whole damn thing? I I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. I like the Rams. The Rams, like I said, went all in with all the receivers. I like Cooper Cup. I don't like OBJ. <sighs> They surprised me. I didn't think that they would get this far to get to the Super Bowl. I thought they'd get eliminated by Tampa Bay. Um, for me, <sighs> I think I come to the realization. I I think I know who I want. I know who I want. It it's taken a lot out of me. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Burrow is going to be great. I think Stafford's going to be great. I, you know the Ram fans will be there. I think the Bango fans will travel. Uh, I think it's a, really a toss-up between the game between the two teams. For me, I I want to see if the connection between Burrow and Chase is going to be there. Uh, I would like to see it, it's two good Chase versus Burrow, Chase and Burrow versus Stafford and Cup. Um, uh, the defense is going to give Burrow a hassle all day. I think this is a low-scoring game. I really do. Uh I think overall in this game we're going to see a low-scoring game. The matches have the Rams at 66% to the Bengals at 34%. I think it's going to be very interesting. The line the line at 4 over-under is 48 and a half. I think that's going to be under. So on Sunday night in SoFi Stadium, Rams 21, Bengals 24, Super Bowl 56. I have the Bengals beating the Rams 24 21 I think the defense stands tall for the Rams helps them out a lot but I think the kicking game is there I think McPherson will be there it's the consensus is 57% of the country is picking the Rams I am going to take the Bengals I'm going to believe in the Ohio connection I have the Bengals 24 the Rams 21 I have the under in the Super Bowl and I have the Bengals outright plus 4 in the game winning the game I'll take the Bengals over the Rams Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon in beautiful in Inglewood, California if I had to take a prop bet I will take tails. It's a coin toss. I will take red Gatorade over Taylor, and I will take forty seconds till Chris Collinsworth slides in. Forty seconds. The over. Uh, I'll take forty seconds. is the number. 40 seconds. We'll see. So I have the Bengals 24, the Rams 21. 6.30 kickoff on NBC. It's going to be a good one, folks. It really is going to be a good one. So that is my Super Bowl prediction. And I've been debating about it all day. I have. I've been debating about it all day. All day. So we'll see. We will see. And that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. There is no Andy rants tonight uh, as we get you ready for Super Bowl 56 from the beautiful city of Inglewood, California, where the Rams will take on the Cincinnati Bengals. It is going to be, I think, a great Super Bowl. I hope you guys have a great time at your parties. Um, enjoy the game really really enjoy the game and that's that's the key thing enjoy the game, enjoy the time with your family for the game and remember these teams have been California dreaming for this one I have the Bengals beating the Rams 24-21 until I talk to you next week this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you, we're all in this together the game of life. Remember to answer those trivia questions. We'll have them posted on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Until I talk to you next week, this is the for saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Go Walleye! Go Falcons! Men's and women's basketball team. And let's go Burrow, baby! Joe Burrow! Who day! Who day! Who they say going to beat them bangles bangles 24 Rams 21 in Super Bowl 56 victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat have a great weekend everybody enjoy the Super Bowl and I'll talk to you guys on Monday Valentine's Day for a special hot, lovely edition of all Andy Elford and keep California dreaming folks